Hello and welcome to another episode of the World Class Agency Podcast. My name is Mark Orland. I'm joined as ever by Mr. Sam Hunter. Um, as much as I would like to do a long intro talking about the success of the fabulous Everton Football Club at the moment, um, I'm going to dive in and allow Sam to introduce today's guest. For the first time on the World Class Agency Podcast, we welcome back the same guest in back-to-back weeks. Jason Cannon, he's back here to do the double. And if we didn't actually have a guest booked for next week for our Christmas wrap episode, you might have been on for the treble, which is topical seeing as we've been talking about Everton winning three football games in a row for the first time in 25 years. <laughs> Jason Cannon, welcome back to the World Class Agency podcast. Uh, thank you so much, Sam. Thank you, Mark. Uh, looking forward to the chat this morning. Before we go today, can you remind me just to repeat to you three Three letters, ESP. ESP. Just, just, ESP. Hold on to that thought. And if I forget to, to mention it, then uh, it's just my little, my parting gift for your audience. All right. I love that. There we go. Edu- well There's going to be some education in, in there, isn't there? I thought you were going to say EFC for a moment there. But anyway, um, <laughs> we, we, we always He's do a bit. cloud nine. Look at him. <laughs> Uh, we always do a bit of prep for these uh, podcasts, Jason, and and it's interesting and really uh, good that we've ha- had you back on today because this question was the first question that we had written down last week and we never actually actually got to it. So um, we want to talk about how to win more business, what it looked like to really attract the best buyers to instructions following on from last week. And we, we started to touch a little bit on fees and negotiations, but just as we finished. So we wanted to give it the time and energy that it deserves. So let's talk about negotiation first. I think the fee conversation will fit nicely into it, but where do you see that most agents need to improve their negotiation skills? Yeah, I've thought long and hard about that question, Mark. Um, and I've reflected back on myself and my own, my own kind of journey in, in estate agency, real estate, um, since, a since a young boy. Um, and I take it back to, um, you know, humans have a desire to be understood. Uh, it sounds simplistic, but actually it's so under, un, it's so under understood. Is there such a word? Yeah. Um, we're all we're also we're all afraid of something um i'm talking personally i'm talking in business as well um you know for me one of the things that i learned with, with nlp and my studies there was always be outcome focused what's what's the outcome i want from this conversation what's the outcome i want from this podcast this morning uh, what's the outcome that my client wants when they're selling their biggest asset or what's the outcome the buyer wants when they're buying what that does is it, it sort of tunes your your RAS, your um, your reticular activating system. It tunes it into being more purposeful. What it is, I what, what do I want from this conversation? What do I want? So I'm going to be more purposeful. We know that in negotiation, agents um, they're held back typically by they're fearful of something, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And what what they're fearful of is that they're not very good at it. Um, what they don't do is they don't bring their perhaps their their personal wins in negotiation and what they've learnt on a personal level. They don't bring that skill uh, in, into practice when it comes to negotiating with sellers' money and also their own money. The two things obviously go hand in hand. So, one of the things that I 
uh, I want to talk about is us getting out of our own way. Um, because we are the biggest obstacle to that that change, aren't we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that sellers won't pay us what we should be charging or what we deserve. It's us that get in our own way every time. Yeah. You know, and we, uh, Jim Quick talks about ants, automatic negative thoughts. And if you listen to Jim Quick, um, I do like Jim Quick. Yeah. Um, he talks about your, you know, the internal stories that we tell ourselves. We know that our, that internal story, 75% of the time is negative. That's, that's a fact. All right. Um, so what Jim talks about is adding the word possibility to, to that automatic negative thought process. You know, we also all have a dominant question in, in our heads. If we don't, if you don't know what that dominant question is, explore it. Mm. I'd, I'd urge everyone listening today to explore that because, you know, it's very powerful and you can reframe that question. You can turn it from a negative because generally it is negative. You know, this isn't possible. I can't do that. No one else has done that. You know, the world's the world's flat, right? Um, and yeah, yeah, the moon landing was just, uh, it was just a stunt, wasn't it? So we, we live in that place of, I'm fearful of that. So I'm going to be negative about the opportunity. Um, so that internal story for me, my, my dominant question in my head is how can I fix this? How can I make this better? Hmm. Um, I only realized that probably about three or four years ago, which is, which is, which is mad. Yeah. Um, so understanding that question, then reframing to a positive to then get us on the road to mastering ourselves, getting out the way of, of us learning, changing, adapting, improving and mastering negotiation. Um, does that, how, how does that resonate with both of you? I think certainly, uh, and this comes from the guests that we've had on this show, um, definitely my own personal experience and probably some of the conversations that you and I've had over the years as well, Mark. Um, We are all our own worst enemy. Um, And you often try and think of the answer that you're likely to get rather than just asking the question and accepting the answer that comes back to you, Uh, particularly in negotiation. I mean, uh, I I was just thinking of an example of... uh, people don't make offers on houses because they think they potentially won't get accepted instead of making an offer and starting a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, or an agent won't ask for a higher fee when we get onto the fee conversation later. We'll probably talk about this a little bit because they know what their competitors charge and they have no, like they're comparing themselves to that conversation. Why would I get this if they're only charging that if we're a direct comparison rather than, I guess, focusing on the value that they bring, the differences that they're able to provide, ideally the difference in result that they're able to deliver as well. So um, I don't know, Mark and I have been working yeah. on ourselves pretty mm-hmm. consistently for a reasonable amount of time. So hopefully we uh, have those negative thoughts, those ants a little bit less than we did in the past, um, but it's you got to be consistent or they sneak up on you. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking yeah. about those, those yeah. thoughts, those dominant questions that and the way that we talk to ourselves in our head is so important isn't it but if we're talking specifically agency for for 
the minute here on the on the negotiation, Jason. I was having a conversation in my office just the other week about when clients ring up and say, "What is your fee?" And I think a lot of estate agents hear that and think, "Oh, that client wants to pay the cheapest fee, so we're never going to get the instruction." I think that's quite an easy conclusion for agents to jump to. However, a lot of people haven't sold a house for a long time and they don't know how to ring an estate agent and ask them for their advice and help with selling. So that is the first question that they, that they come to. So I think that is, you know, almost it could be your first interaction with this person. They say that you need to make sure that your rant isn't, oh, they're really fee focused. Actually your rant needs, needs to be, these these people are interested in our services because they picked the phone up and uh, they may not have sold for a little while because that's their that was their first question or you know there's loads of other other reasons yeah. why that might be the first question but that is a real practical example of what you're talking about I think and a lot of agents will actually have yeah. that negative thought rather than the positive and the potential like you say the possibility of winning an instruction at a fee that you deserve. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there are lots of agents out there, Mr. Caller. What 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 brings you to, you know, what makes you call me today? Mm. I'm I'm curious. I'm interested. Simple, isn't it? You know, instead of what instead of what we do is we we break any chance of rapport and we dance around the bloody question <laughs> and we just come across as an unprofessional, you know, untrained agent, mm. you know. What makes you ask that question? Are you are you ready to put your house on the market? You know, uh, simple model. You know, acknowledge it, isolate it, overcome it. Uh, you, you, um, you know, you you guys are you know experienced. You've come across that model, um, but we don't answer the question. We don't acknowledge the question. <laughs> We dance around it. Yeah. We go, shit, I've got a fee inquiry. Yeah. What do I say? What bro? do I say? <laughs> for you, it's 1%, no, don't 1% tell anything. but I'll do it for less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't tell him anything. Yeah, I think what you just said yeah. there, uh, I, I was going to ask a bit of a question Yes, uh, at, at the end of this um, around, we always like to leave our listeners with something actionable that ideally they can do the moment they're finished listening to this mm-hmm. podcast, most people listen on their way to work or something like that, but it's probably a good time to talk about it now. Cause I think that that piece of dialogue there and the question that you just provided of um, what makes you ask, are you thinking about putting your house in the market? What a fantastic way to wrestle back control of that conversation. Absolutely. Um, and if you can yeah. do it in a way that's uh, everyone asks that question, what makes you ask it? Are you guys thinking about selling? You know, are you thinking about moving um, rather than, you know, often like tonality and the way in which you can ask those questions is what determine the answer you'll get back versus are you thinking about putting your house in the market? (laughs) I think that's, that's one way that people could not necessarily increase their fee, but protect their fee in an instant is Mm -hmm. just being able to qualify that person a little bit more. I I can remember um, we had a conversation with a client once and and that was the first thing. This was years and years ago. My mum had referred her to me. My mum's my biggest referrer of all time, right? That's why she's in my phone yeah. as AAA mum. Always have your top referrers in your mobile phone with A's next to their name, by the way. And if your mum's not first, be a better son. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. my mum had my mum had told her friend that I could help her friend. This lady rings me up and she's like, hi, my name's whatever her name was. We won't go into details. Um, 
And, and she's like, I just want to inquire as to what your services cost. And I didn't know what to say at the time I was driving my car. And so I just sort of said, forgive me, before I answer that question, I missed your name. I didn't miss her name, but I didn't know what else to say. Yeah. And so, and so then she told me her name and I was like, thanks so much. Sorry. I don't know what happened there. I was driving and the signal dropped out. How can I help? I and the next question that she didn't, she didn't ask me the fee question again. She just sort of said, we're thinking about moving, but we want to inquire what it thinks. This is what I'm looking for. Anyway, we talked for a, Longer than three minutes, less than five minutes, which is a really meaningful period of time to have a conversation with anybody, particularly if you've never met them before. Um, and then it got to, yeah. you still haven't answered my first question. And I said, name, I hope you don't think that I was avoiding the question, but it's a hard question to answer without context. Because if you told me you had to sell yeah. tomorrow, there would have been a completely different service to somebody who needs to sell in three months time. And the fee probably would have been different. And what you would have paid me in the end of it would have been different as well, because the result would have been different. Still didn't answer yeah. the question, but yeah. she's got context into <laughs> if someone needs to sell their house tomorrow, the service is different, isn't it? And the result will yeah. be different. Therefore, the fee that they end up paying, maybe not the fee that you charge, will be different as well. I think that comes to your acknowledge, isolate, overcome as well. You've got to bring yeah. people into your world rather than just, like as you said before, dance around theirs. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It goes back to the you know the question that Mark asked at the, the, the end of the last week's conversation um which i i i answered really inadequately um is is praxis um you know professional sport uh state agency is you know is yeah if you've got to cut down a tree what, what was the expression that i think franklin was it you know um i've got six hours to cut down this this great big tree i'm going to spend mm. four hours sharpening the axe mm. um and then it makes the two the left the, the two hours left easy to chop down the tree instead of going oh crap I've got this tree you know go 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 mm -hmm. practice um, and, and my observation would be with so many agents in the UK that they don't practice enough what we do is we practice on our clients and it costs mm. us money um, so you know have a practice buddy have a, a mentor a coach have a, have a pal somebody you practice with another agent that you practice with and then there's a forfeit for you know losing that instruction to the other agent maybe mm. um uh so yeah practice is is underused isn't it you know you your your free kick taker in your team or your penalty taker mm. or whatever practice more um those conversations exactly that ring ring mm. uh hi what's your fee okay um acknowledge it great question uh what what makes you ask me today or can i ask you a question what's, I... what's the most important thing for you go on sir go on mark can i ask then jason um so this Practice. The idea of practice is is so important. I completely agree. Uh, it's under it, it's under practice. Everything in agency is probably under practice, and particularly in my business, it's something that we are really trying to implement. But then, when do you think a negotiation begins? In the different scenarios that we'll we'll look at in a, in a state agency, the one that we've talked about on the phone is you know fair, fairly uh, obvious. But in other situations, when do you think it begins? And how can agents take control of that negotiation from the start? Yeah, uh, I love that question because my my senses and my experience tell me that that negotiation starts with the very first conversation you have with the person. You know, 
we we have a few seconds to build rapport with that person um and so don't alienate them acknowledge them um simple things like smiling on the telephone <laughs> make a huge difference don't they you know with a buyer that negotiation starts with the very first conversation you have with them not when they pick the phone up and say mark i loved 123 high street i want to make an offer it starts with the hi mark i would like to go and see 123 high street or mm -hmm. hi mark you know looking for a property i've been referred recommended to you it's it, it is there because that opportunity with the buyer to really establish what it is they want um you know why they want it what the, what are the consequences of them not getting it that's when your negotiation with them starts and so it's the magic of that consultation and the quality of your questions that open the client up to telling you exactly how much they will spend on this dream property this number one home so you know i, I talked last week didn't i about you know the agent's mastery of am i your number one choice of agent what makes me number one get them to play it back to you same conversation with a buyer is this your number one choice of, of property mm. what makes it number one um john savage you know used the used the language what attracted you you know what what was what's attractive about this property or what attracted you about this property that you're calling me about give me three four five things give me three four five reasons and then dig a bit deeper about those reasons what they mean to you um sounds very simple what most agents do is they'll go straight to the yeah um we're there on friday at three o'clock see you then sam mm. see you then yeah instead of exploring okay what else are you considering looking at um and what what else could this property have or what else could another property have that this one doesn't okay i'm getting a bigger picture of what you want to buy now so this one's on the market for 500 how much more could you find for the perfect property you know pose that question and and then they'll give you a number and they'll say well if it was absolutely perfect ticked all the boxes and had everything i wanted um you know i can five i can find 520 520 okay so if you're in competition with someone for this dream property and you didn't want to lose it could you find me more than 520 well i could find 525 fantastic yeah so put that property to one side for a minute you know deflect push them mm -hmm. away from that because you're going to do exactly the same thing when it comes to them calling you and saying i'd like to make an offer before you give me the number and i'm really interested and keen to get the number from you sam let's just talk about why mm. yeah um, i'm pushing you away from this because actually i might have something that's even better than one two three high street silence no no no. i want i want this yeah. one i want this one no 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 just yeah just hear me out because you know i'm one of my team you know i might have seen something that's actually better than this what about this do you like well i like this i like that oh yeah i can see that yeah 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 okay so is it is it fair for me to say to you this is your number one choice at the moment this is the best property in the market for you yes great we only have a it's one we only have one option <laughs> uh yeah mark any 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 raise on 525 <laughs> yeah um you know as the buyer mr buyer 
you have one opportunity only to make a great first impression with this with this vendor. So how seriously do you want them to take your offer? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I, I get quite excited when I get, when I start having these conversations about negotiation. I really enjoy it. Mm. Um, it you can tell. And actually, that, that that little role play there is 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 fantastic dialogue, I think. Uh, and so many agents will ask the question, what are, you, what are you looking to spend or what are you hoping to spend or what's your budget, right? That, I think that's almost the worst question you can ask if that's all you ask and do nothing more with it. And and the example yeah. you've just given there of saying, say you met the perfect property, is that like, would you would you be like happy to lose it for 520 or whatever it might be? It's the same sort of thing. We used to have conversations with people when you get in the best and final situation. And it's like the number that you write down You've got to be happy that you didn't buy it if someone else does and they've paid more money than you. That's the reality of it. You've got to walk away happy regardless because you've put your best foot yeah. forward. What you don't want to do is hang up the phone disappointed and angry because you would have paid more money after we've had this conversation. I don't want to let that happen to you because I've seen yeah. it happen to too many people if before, you... et cetera, yeah. right? And, and if you... that's that fear of loss you were talking about earlier. Yeah. If you could only make one offer, Mark... Sam, what's that offer? What's that offer look like? You know, the skill of the agent is this same conversation regard whether it's your fee as the agent selling it, or whether it's the conversation with the buyer. We all have two prices. Fact: we have the price we would like to pay, and we have the price we will pay. Your job as the agent is simply to find out the latter, right? Same with the fee, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. Actually, that's that's a question I've got, um, and it's a nice sort of uh, segue in terms of how fee and negotiate. I mean, they are one and the same, as far as I'm concerned. And and the negotiation is just a, an educational piece, and it's an empathetic, professionally led line of questioning. But I read a piece about the work that you did with, I think it was Felicity J. Lord, in terms of over a six month period, you increased their average fees by half a percent. Um, that's yeah. a that's a seriously meaningful number um, and would have made the difference of probably tens, if not hundreds of thousands of pounds to a to a bottom line. I'm really interested to yeah. talk. And, and this is where I think we can get hyper practical for the listeners. Like what are the steps, not necessarily the, the complete detail, but what are the steps in which you went in and, and got people even open to that as a possibility? And then we're able to sort of deliver on that in terms of, okay, this is what we're going to we're going to do and this is how and i'm sure role play probably played a part but i'm really interested to understand that process because it's you know you'd have been celebrated for a long time i imagine well it, it's it's you know it starts it, the foundation it starts as we said it starts in your head sam it starts yeah. with the belief that you are worth that and tying it to an emotion so you know if you run your own business and at the moment you get one percent you're running you're just running at comfort and this is a natural thing that humans do we run at comfort hmm. we find it very hard to change and run at a higher speed so if you highlight that with an agent and say at the moment your average fee you know it's earning you x seven thousand pounds <throat> you're charging one percent if you charge two percent you charge fourteen thousand pounds and last year you sold 20 properties or 10 properties what's that extra money going to going to get you what what are you going to do with that extra money mm. so what are you doing why are you doing this job you know not i'm an estate agent what are you doing it for now it could just be 
for selfish reasons. It could just be all about the money. Okay. Well, if I can show you how to go from one to two or one and a half to two, and it's, you know, typically it's small steps, isn't it? You know, an agent that charges 1%, we'll just get them to charge 1.1. Don't have to go to two or one and a half. Just do it incrementally. Yeah. Um, so it's that belief. If I can do it once, I can do it again. If I do it once, you, you have that confidence loop and that feedback loop, don't you? Mm. Um, you know, uh, practice. Go out and get it. Get the review from the customer that says, you know, X, Y and Z, you were amazing and you got me this much money. Know your numbers. Know that you're running at 104% of asking price or 98.5%. Know what your competition is running at. That gives you confidence when you sit in the lounge and a seller says to you, what's your fee? You say, I work in a sales model. I don't work in a listing model. Um, can I share with you why I choose to do that? And can I share with you my numbers? Because my numbers in terms of my results for my clients, um, most clients like to like to get an understanding of how I do that. Mm -hmm. So it's a it's a confidence thing. So mindset, confidence, practice, and you know, don't listen to me. Go and find one or two people who are doing exactly what I'm what I'm talking about. And there are, are there are plenty of agents that you can find. You know, not least in London, you can talk. You know, you go and talk to a Foxton's office who are told to charge two and a half percent. Um, and the the reality of that is, if you can find other people that are doing it you can model them you can copy them if you have that self-belief and that showmanship in you which we all have um then that that's going to tell you that yes you can charge more and actually we know that you know statistically about 70 percent you know clients when they choose they don't choose on the fee they choose on trust mm -hmm. so this is how you build rapport add some value but this is how you build rapport with a client, you know, some body language, um, some mirroring, you know, there, there are loads of people. If you want to learn this, there's there's loads and loads of content out there, isn't there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, go and go and read, you know, go and read Joe Navarro's book on on um, what's everybody saying. Uh, go and listen to Chris Voss. Um, there are half a dozen agents. That, that I know that you guys know that are absolute you know they're they're mastering this craft of self-belief believing in themselves this is why i do what i do and this is why i choose to do this so it it's you know that that foundation it's not hard it's not hard to get the ball rolling it's not hard to find examples of agents that are doing it that you can copy mm -hmm. and that that, that, yeah. that i think for everybody listening who thinks um that you don't like that you can't copy that's what everybody does right mm. it's you learn you adapt and it's a bit awkward the first time it's a little bit less awkward the second time it's a little bit less awkward again the third time and by the time you've done it a hundred times it's yours yeah. it still probably feels awkward <clears throat> from time to time i mean i i do this thing whenever i need to have uh use silence as a friend particularly if I'm on the phone. So I, I, I like, if I can't negotiate in person, I'll negotiate on the phone because I can actually talk with my eyes closed, which I, helps me find a bit of clarity in my words. You'll often see me on this, yep. Mark's laughing because he often sees me on this podcast, like 
sitting here with my eyes closed, darting around. That's why I wear a headset so that at least the microphone's on my mouth. But if I have to rely on silence to get a point across or let somebody think and sit with whatever I've delivered, I literally have to count it out on my hand to stop me from filling things in because otherwise it's too awkward. And I, I yeah. couldn't tell you how many times that I've used that technique, and that's realistically what it is, um, to get an outcome, to come back to where we started this conversation about being focused on an outcome and silence is a powerful tool to get the outcome that you're ideally working towards. But my brain won't let me do nothing. And if I don't do something like count out the silence in my hands, and I reckon I always try and count to 10, and I don't think I've got past seven or eight realistically in a really no most of the time it's like one two three and they're like well yeah um and actually well is the key sign in any of these conversations if somebody says well or look they're starting to come to to terms with your way of thinking because they're rationalizing it and they're looking for a bridge between where they were and where you are and when someone's looking for a bridge you're going to have an agreement pretty soon i think yeah yeah you know, we're searching for validation as a customer. When we call up a business to potentially use them, we want that that decision to be validated. Fact. So, um, you know, why do we then, as as the business that's taking that call or having that conversation, why do we make it difficult for the person? Why don't just acknowledge that? Thank you for coming to me. What what brings you to my door today? What have you heard about me? What somebody said about me? Um, yeah, I can see why they would have said that, you know, validate it. Um, and, you know, we 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 have this, uh, you know, we make we make too many assumptions. Go back to the, the, the one percent question, the fee question. They're not asking you because they actually want to know that. It's just because they haven't moved before. And they're asking that question because somebody in their family says, oh, yeah, you've got to ask them what they're going to charge you. Um, (laughs) simple. Uh, so you, you know, you used a deflection, but it wasn't, it wasn't a per, you didn't do it on purpose, Sam, but that Mm. deflection actually worked because it gave you chance to have a better conversation, build some rapport, listen, and actually show that person why they should, why they should, should you choose you as the agent? And from, from that, that side of things then. Jason, the yeah. the confidence thing we talked right at the start about the um, tales that we tell ourselves in 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 our head, and yeah. it's actually a lot yeah. of us not wanting to go uh, into um, the uncomfortable place. That we don't want to push ourselves a little bit. So, just finally, just just before we, we wrap up, what do you think is is one thing that agents can really do? really practically that they can do straight away to start breaking down those barriers and getting a little bit more uncomfortable and speaking to themselves so that they are a little bit more confident in delivering that, you know, 0. 0.1, 0. 0.2, 0. 0.3% higher. I think, um, <clears throat> I think write down, write down and modify that story that you're telling yourself so understand the story, write it down, because when you write it down, it becomes even more powerful, doesn't it? You know, yeah. you become more perceptive to actually how you are viewing the world and how you, how you are seeing things and what that dominant question actually is. And then you can modify it 
you can add the word possibility you know so in a practical in practical sense it's this is all state dependent isn't it mm -hmm. so you need to be in the right state you need to be in a positive state not a fight or flight state when you get that question from a seller what's your fee yeah you need to be you need to be in the right state for that you can create that state prior to every you know in a morning meeting with your team uh, you can create that state before you walk into that listing a listing appointment mm -hmm. um uh positive affirmations positive body posturing anchoring you know anchoring is one of the most one of the one of the most simple sim simple techniques that you can use um so it's understanding ourselves first before we try and influence other people so write down that story that we're telling ourselves modify it you know if i if i said to you right i want you to deliver a speech mark uh in front of 5000 landlords at a conference your thought process would probably go oh i don't really want to do that yeah. i don't feel comfortable doing that um that's that's your internal voice yeah yeah, yeah i'm making assumptions here and i shouldn't do that <laughs> i'm making uh, assumptions my first thought um, was i'd be all right i'd be all right like, i don't mind a bit of public speaking but then i was like ah no but don't know much about lettings so actually it's interesting that my first thought in that situation was quite positive and then i found a reason to talk to myself about yeah. how i wouldn't want to do it so that's quite interesting yeah yeah if i said to you right okay is 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 that internal voice um is it is it helpful and the answer is no <laughs> no no in, in certain it... situations but no not not in this sort of situations and that's the point isn't yeah. it? if you want if you wanted to do that talk it's not helpful no, no, no. um is it you know is it true is is what that that voice is saying to you in your head is it true no you can't do this this isn't possible you're not good enough you're not worthy mm -hmm. you're an imposter yeah. it's not helpful no and it's generally not true no okay yeah. so if we if we use jim quick's method which is add the word possibility is there a possibility sam if you're really practiced at this and you know exactly what you're going to be talking about is there a possibility it could go well yeah there's more than a possibility isn't yeah. there and then you start yeah yeah so um understand your dialogue internal dialogue write it down and then reframe it and adapt it so that it works for you yeah yeah so that it doesn't beat you up and leave you somewhere you know unresourceful and add the word possibility that with practice and uh with with some simple techniques mm. to get you in the right state of mind you know, can you remember a time? Can you use a previous time where something went really well? Yeah, I can. I can remember that. Talk to me about how you felt at the time. What were you seeing? What were you hearing? What were you feeling in yourself? And then you can grow that confidence and you can then stack that confidence with another feeling of, you know, something went well, something was positive. You got the outcome you wanted. You got the two percent fee. You got the client the result they wanted, and then anchor that thought. You know, it's it's like the, you know, we're we're tuned into different 
senses more than others. So we can remember the smell of a perfume. We can remember the smell of, you know, our mum cooking a Victoria sponge or bread or whatever. We can, you know, we score a goal, we play football, we score a goal, or we win at something and we can remember that moment, you know, see what you see, hear what you hear, what you heard, feel what you felt. And we can then increase that positive state so that when we go into a negotiation or when we're going into that listing appointment, that market appraisal, we're in the, we're in a positive state. You know, we walk in chest out, head up, we walk in, we take up the space, you know, we feel ourselves, we, we feel ourselves filling the doorway up, Sam, Mark, and we walk in there and the person subconsciously says, wow, this is a confident person. This is somebody I want to work with. That all, all starts with, with us. And I think it's really it's really interesting, Jason, that we've been able to talk talk through negotiations. Probably not where I expected us to go so internally, but actually that is exactly right where it's got to start. And I really feel like we've given the listeners today um, some points that they can take away and work. And we always try and deliver something for free that people can do to improve the performance in, in agency. And I think what you've just described there writing down modifying the story you, you tell yourself and then obviously some of the um dialogue that we've talked about today will give people some real tangible improvements if they go and go and implement it so a, a massive thank you thank you very much yeah. for, for mm-hmm. coming back on today we, we didn't talk yesterday jason about contact what if if any of the listeners want to reach out and, and contact you what's the best way for them to do that um, LinkedIn probably is the best one. Um, yeah. Although I am on Instagram, uh, Jason M. J. Cannon. Um, and I'm also on TikTok, <laughs> for what it's worth. <laughs> the, old, the, oldest estate, the oldest estate agent on TikTok. <laughs> but yeah, no, seriously, link, LinkedIn, LinkedIn is probably the best place to find me, Mark. Fabulous. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, Jason. Really appreciate your, your time over, over the last few weeks. Some fabulous takeaways for the listeners there. No, thank you. Really enjoyed it. A massive thank you once again to Jason Cannon from Cannon Performance Coaching. A real insight into um, kind of probably a bit about the art of of negotiation. Um, I have to admit that Jason asked us to remind him of ESP and I completely forgot um, to which after we'd finished recording he said oh you forgot to remind me so he wanted me to talk about ESP um, and how that is a really good tool for running a successful morning meeting either with a team or, or with yourself so there's ESP stands for effort, success and progress so three questions you can ask each team member at a morning meeting effort what did you uh, do yesterday what was something you did yesterday that you gave 100% effort to success talk to me about a success or a win that you had yesterday and progress what progress did you make yesterday towards achieving your goal and obviously if you've got your team you'll know what their goal might be hopefully um, you'll be able to talk to them about the, the specifics of, of their goals. So just three questions that you can ask each team member in a morning meeting to help focus them, move towards the goals. And then um, he also added within that a very effective but simple form of, of lead generation in the form of two messages, be that text message, WhatsApp, email, 
um, whichever form that that you communicate with your clients. And the first one he said recommends we we send would be a gratitude message. So a thank you text, um, a thank you email um, to somebody that you've met recently or you know it might be a client that's just completed us or something like that so the thank you gratitude text and then a second message to somebody that you have maybe neglected a little bit and not stayed in contact with for the last six months or or so so it might be a buyer that you promised that you would keep in touch with or it might be um a previous uh seller who's who's moved and you've not spoken to for some time and he said those morning meetings will then become really hyper focused will focus the team on achieving their goals but also you're starting the day with a very simple form of of lead generation is if you do that every morning of course you're getting 10 10 lead generation messages a week you're getting 520 lead generation messages a year even before you've virtually started the day so loads of loads of key takeaways in the whole conversation this was just something that jason was really keen to talk about and as a terrible host that i am i forgot to remind him of 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 that so as you know we do this because we we love our profession we want to see it improve and get better we've really enjoyed the chat with jason over the, over the last few days we hope you have too if you have please share it out with social uh, share it out on social media share the episode with colleagues i'm mark warrell he's sam hunter thank you very much for listening and we'll see you again next week